And if you've, if you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, you've repented of your sins, you've been baptized, yeah. um, invited him in your heart and everything else, it doesn't necessarily mean, though, that you will be blessed with the gift of tongues, correct? I mean, you'll still be um, a saved person uh, living the life for Christ or whatever and, and hopefully go to heaven when we leave this earth. But not everybody who has been saved will have that gift of tongues. Absolutely. Yeah. So are, is that the end of your question? Or? Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. It's just because sometimes the way things are said sometimes, it's like it's something that everybody should have. Right. If they don't, they're right. Wrong, you know, like sure. So sure. That's a great question, darling. Yeah, that's a great question. So, so thank you. Um, when you. When you give your life to Christ, when you surrender your life to Jesus, make the decision to be a follower of Christ. Um, in that moment, the Holy Spirit has come to live in your heart. Okay. We don't, there, there's no, like, people, Christians who have the Holy Spirit in them and Christians who don't have the Holy Spirit in them. When you come to know Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in your life. And He is there to, to teach you. He's there to guide you. He's there for you to experience the presence of God in your life. Um, but in the book of Acts, we see... A number of times where there are people who are already believers, but they, they experience this, it's, it's literally called a baptism of the Spirit in, in a couple places in Acts, or it, it, it says that the Spirit came upon them, almost like a powerful, violent thing that happens, to, but the Spirit comes upon them, and, and they are then empowered to do supernatural ministry okay so what we understand from the book of acts there are five times when people receive this experience of the baptism or the the filling and power of the holy i'd say there's actually more because we read about one this morning that isn't included in that five the the one when they prayed and they were all filled afresh right but I'm talking about five times when people are filled for the first time with the power of the Spirit. And, and each of those times, they were, they were believers, but they felt like something was missing. And the, disciple, the, the apostles laid their hands on them, prayed for them, and the Spirit came upon them. In four of those situations, those people spoke in other tongues. In one of those situations, it doesn't tell us exactly what happened. It just says supernatural things happened, and it was amazing. But it doesn't specifically say what happened. So, so I would say that the most normative experience, what we see in the book of Acts, is that when someone receives the baptism of the Spirit, that they speak in other tongues. Okay? If you haven't spoken in other tongues, it does not at all mean that you're not a follower of Jesus. Doesn't mean that you don't go to heaven. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Doesn't mean any of those things. Uh, it just means it's still available to you. Right? And, and, um, and it's not 
it's not as scary as you might think it is. It's actually really amazing to receive, to receive that gift. Um, and one teacher says it this way, this, the Holy Spirit is in me for me, and he's on me for you. Right? So that when I come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in me. And that's to help me live for Jesus. Help me, you know, become holy. Help me, um, you know, walk this thing out and be guided and led by the Spirit. But he's on me because each place where it talks about the baptism of the Spirit, it says the Spirit came upon them. He's on me in power so that I can serve other people. Okay? Does that make sense? Hello. So I'll try not to be long-winded. Sure. I have three things. I'll to try say. too. <laughs> so the first thing is God still works miracles. The other day in my church in Innisville, there's this lady. She's been coming to the church for a while, and she was sitting. She's Jewish. Not that it matters, but it's a, in the context of the story. And she's sitting. So there's the back row. There's a young man sitting there, and she's sitting there. And during service, he said he just felt he had to touch her. Like the Holy Spirit said, touch her. They've never spoken, never seen each other. I think that was his first time coming to the church. Yeah. And he touched her and she said she just felt something warm pass through her body. Yeah. She had a pain. Yeah. And during service, it just left. Yeah. Yeah. And amen. amen. And she yeah. felt giving her heart to the Lord and got baptized last week Sunday. Wonderful. Yeah. Jewish lady serving Jesus. Wonderful. The next thing I wanted to say was my niece, who, when we were very young, she gave her heart to the Lord, um, but in, in the home. So she, she's never gone to church, grew up Catholic. And she was going to school one morning, and these two men accosted her. And she just started speaking in tongues. She didn't know what the, none of us knew what the Holy Ghost was. Yeah. But the whole community heard her yeah. and came out. Yeah. And the men took off. Yeah, yeah. And someone said they later gave their life to Jesus because <laughs> they meant her harm. And this little girl would stood and speaking in tongues. Yeah. That she didn't even yeah. know what happened. Sure. So the wow. Holy Ghost is real. Yeah. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to have the Holy Ghost to make it into heaven because I believe that when you ask Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Ghost is living within yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Because the Lord said the same spirit yeah. that raised Jesus from the dead yeah. lives in us. Yeah. My biggest question is, yeah. um, I always get a little bit confused about the scripture. And uh, to be quick about it, it's when Simon and Peter and the apostles were going around they laid their hands on the brethren and they received the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. And then this man Simon came and offered them money. Simon Magus. Yeah. Yes, because he wanted to lay his hands yeah. on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So my question is, was he saved, that Simon? Right. And why did he think he, if he laid his hands on people, they would receive the Holy Ghost? Right. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Um, so, the, the passage you're talking about, Simon Magus, that word Magus is the, is the singular form of the word Magi, right? We talk about the Magi from the East at Christmas. Um, so, so, it basically means sorcerer, okay? 
um, or wise, wise spiritual leader kind of thing. And so Simon had been a sorcerer, and he had done a lot of, he, he knew what spiritual power was. The disciples came, preached the gospel, people, people get saved, they, they burn their, their, uh, their books, their occult books and their witchcraft books, and, and this, this Simon guy is like, you know, just amazed at what he's seeing as the, the apostles are laying their hands on people, and they're, they're, this is actually the one situation, remember I said there were five where people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and one it just says supernatural powerful things happened? That's the situation, okay? And, and so uh, uh, the, the apostles had laid their hands on these people and miracles were happening, supernatural things were happening. And this guy, Simon, who was used to seeing demonic spiritual power, he knew what spiritual power was. He sees what happens when, when they lay their hands on people and he's like, like, I'm blown away. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And so he... It tells us that he makes a commitment to Christ and he's baptized with the rest. But then he says, he offers the disciples money and wants to do what they do. Wants to lay hands on people and see their, you know, see them filled with the Spirit and see this happen. And Peter, he curses him. He says, you're, you're cursed because you thought you could buy the Holy Spirit. And Simon repents, tells us right there that Simon repents and says, please pray for me that the things you've just said won't happen to me. The curse you've just said won't happen to me. So it seems that he did go on in Christ, potentially, because there is that sign of repentance where he said, please pray for me that that doesn't happen. Um, but we don't, we don't know for sure. Um, there, there, are, there are some writings in the early church that talk about him, but we're not, it's kind of legend, so we're not sure what exactly happened. But I, I do want to go back to your, your first comment, Carmelita, uh, about the Jewish woman. Because I want to say that, um, the, for example, the gifts, you know, the workings of supernatural healing the primary purpose for that happening in, through our lives. Primary purpose. Now, of course, God wants, wants to see us healed, wants to see us, you know, receive that, that gift of healing and to, not be, to, to be well instead of sick. God desires that for us. But the primary purpose is to display the power of God. For people like that Jewish woman to experience the glory and the power of God in that moment so that she would come to Christ. The primary purpose of the gift of healing, that's what Jesus went everywhere, declaring the kingdom and then demonstrating the kingdom, showing this is what happens when God's reign comes on earth. People are healed. People are delivered from demons. People's lives are, are restored, right? And so the primary purpose for the for all of the spiritual gifts, is that the devil is defeated and the kingdom of God is advanced. It's the primary purpose. Now, of course, as sons and daughters of the king, we say that's our inheritance, right? Healing is our inheritance. 
It's, it's some of the stuff that we get because we're children of the King. But the reality is all healing here on earth is temporary because we all, we all die, right? We, none of us makes it out of this thing alive unless we go up in the rapture. None of us makes it out of this thing alive. So all healing is temporary, and it's a gift, and it's a blessing, and it's the grace of God at work. But the primary purpose is that the kingdom of God is, is manifest. Yeah, sure. Anyone else? Oh, we got, we got more. <laughs> uh, this, this might be quick. Uh, in Carmelita's example, yeah. the person that uh, felt led to put their hands on yes. this lady. Yes. Would you say that was a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or just kind of... Yeah, we, like, we like to category, categorize things, don't we? Um, or, or just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, well, and, and let me just say this. If you're putting your hand on a stranger, it better be God telling you to do it, right? Let me just say that. But, but yeah, I would, I would call that a word of knowledge, yeah, that God's speaking to you that if you put, you know, if you put your hand on this person, I'm going to do something, right? Like there's a information. I mean, it's not quite a word of knowledge, but, but I would call it something like that, yeah. I, I would say not, I would say too, though, that not, the, the gifts, not, like I said, none of the lists of the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be exhaustive. That means there may be some things that God does through your life that you can't put in a, in a category, and that's okay, right? So, yeah. Shock. So, good morning, everybody. Morning. So, I'm intrigued by miracles, all right? So, yeah. God, uh, I mean, Jesus had a great following because of it. Yeah. And so, you know, at one point you ask yourself, why don't we see more miracles now? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? That's, that's a big question and a good question. Yeah. So, just wondering, in your opinion, yeah. if there is a recipe yeah. to get to that point, yeah. what could it be? I love your question, Jacques. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Here's, here's um, a couple thoughts on that. One is, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very common thing. I've experienced it. Others have experienced it. Going on mission trips to third world countries, you see miracles happen so much more easily than you do here. Um, like the, the things that you hear of God doing in some places of the world is so, you know, like literally people being raised from the dead. Um, like amazing, amazing things happen. Notice when Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown, the scripture, the gospels say he could not do many miracles because of the lack of faith. The Son of God is in town, and He is restricted in what He is able to do because of the environment around Him. 
And I would suggest to you that a big part of why we don't see the level of miracles in the North American, through the North American church, that we should see and that we read about and that we hear about in other places is that atmosphere issue. I mean, there, there, are, there are at least six reasons I could give you, and we don't have time, at least six reasons why healing doesn't happen in some situations. But one of the reasons, and I would suggest the one that most affects this question, is that atmosphere of unbelief. And that, that in the, first of all, in the culture around us that is very materialistic, and I, by that I don't mean they like buying lots of stuff, but materialism, official, like the, the, the phrase materialism literally means to believe that the only thing that exists is things that you can see, touch, smell, measure, right? The material world. That's what materialism literally means. And, and so because of the materialistic mindset of North America that, that, uh, that, that we don't tend to believe in the supernatural and that's even, that's bled into the church, that we're very, very skeptical about spiritual things in the church because we've bought into the materialism of our culture. Because of that atmosphere of unbelief, it is very difficult to see the level of miracles where they are happening. And uh, one, one ministry, you may or may not like it. I've been following them for decades. I, I, know, there's, I know there's a lot of people that have questions about it, but I would suggest to you that it's very legitimate because I've, like I've said, I've been following it very closely for numbers of years is uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. And uh, they're an example, they're not the only ones, but they're an example of a church that is seeing an incredible level of miracles. And they're seeing them not just in their church, they're seeing them out on the streets. But they have decided to contend for that. They have fought for it. And I believe if we're going to see that kind of thing happen, it's not just going to happen, we have to actually contend for it. We have to learn how to believe for, for miracles when we, when we don't see them. We haven't seen them yet. We haven't, you know, and keep pressing, keep pushing, keep praying, keep believing. Because we don't want to pull God down to our theology of God down to our level of experience. This is all I've seen, so that must be all God is. We want to raise our theology up to the level of what the scriptures say God is like. And so we need to contend for a biblical theology of who God is and how he works. Does that make sense? Okay, we got some... Thank you, Jacques. That's a great question. Hope I hope that was helpful. Okay, we got some others in line, but yeah. really, really quick. I'll do it quickly. Yeah. So is it, is it safe to say, or is it um, you know, that yeah. you, you spoke of atmosphere? Yeah. If the current atmosphere is low in faith because mm. they know you, 
like in, in Jesus' case in Nazareth, oh, that's the carpenter's son. Mm. You know there? Yeah. So is it safe to say that that affected his own faith and that sort of limited his, his ability to do miracles like he would have done no. somewhere else? No. No? No, I, I, I mean, I don't think Jesus' faith could be affected, but, but, there's, um, but the, it's on the behalf of those who are receiving, right? Because there's the faith of the person. And, and every situation's a little different, right? There are times, like the, like the guy who, said, who came to Jesus wanted healing, and Jesus said, do you believe I can do it? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, right? Like he's it's like, well... My faith isn't all the way there, and Jesus like, I got you covered. You know, I've got enough faith for both of us, right? So there are times, as we see in Scripture, that it's the faith of the person but uh, ministering healing. But then there's a situation where Paul is preaching, and it says he sees that a man sitting there has the faith to be healed, and so he speaks to him, and he's healed. So it was the man receiving whose faith brought it about, right? Okay, so it's the faith on the receiving end. It's the biggest part of it, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thanks. Yep. I think uh, Nicole is next. So some of that was answered because it was kind yeah, of basically sure. around the same question. Like sure. when my sister was ill yeah. and that um, the, I, I thought I was of the Lord to lay hands on her. I was yeah. feeling yeah. self-conscious about it yeah. because I thought if it doesn't work, like yeah. it'll not ruin the testimony, if you will, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I I believed I know he could heal her yeah. just like yeah. that. Yeah. So I laid hands on her leg, on her femur, etc. Yeah. And uh, my family, my aunt, my mom was there. Yeah. And yeah. I was asking him that with my full faith, knowing that he can yeah. if he chooses. Yeah. And I know that maybe there wasn't faith on them, the part of the receiver. I've heard before that someone not even believing got sure. a miracle that happens. regardless. Yep. Um, I don't know. I was asking him for that, not uh, loudly for them, but as a testimony and a witness. Yeah. And that if she would have miraculously uh, healed, yeah. that of course then that would spread like wildfire sure. through anyone who knows her, my family. Yeah. And nothing happened. So that, even though I still know he can, yeah. and that he's sovereign, if he decides yeah. when, how, who, um, it, I, I saw a woman after that when I was back in Kitchener, and um, she told me that her ear, like, oh, it was so bad, and she couldn't hear. And I felt led again yeah. to touch her ear and pray, yeah. and I didn't this time because I'm like, Oh, no, it's, sure. you know, it's just sure. me, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. Unpack that some more, and I guess we should just keep doing it, but I feel, especially around the non-believers, if you keep yeah. doing that, they're like, yeah, look at her, like it never happened, and mm. therefore she's like delusional or she yeah. can't do it kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and and I've been there, I and I, and I think I think that's what I was talking about in the area of contending, right? That to not be intimidated when 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 it doesn't happen. The enemy would love to intimidate us to never do that again, 
right? And, and I think we need to press through that. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the whole area of why, you know, why people aren't, you know, it just doesn't always happen when we pray for people. Um, it's difficult, very difficult. It's one of the biggest mysteries, right? Why, why, does, why did it happen here and it doesn't happen here, you know? And uh, I remember, I, I don't have a great answer for that, except we need to keep trusting God's sovereignty. And, and um, I know Catherine Kuhlman used to say, uh, I'm, I'm in sales, not in management, right? Like, take it up with the manager. I'm just here to do what, what I'm supposed to do. And why some people aren't healed, I don't have the answer for that, but I just keep doing what God has called me to do. Just keep praying, just keep believing. And, you know, if we, if we pray, some people are healed. If we don't pray, no one's healed. So, so let's at least step out. And uh, one person said recently, I, I heard this, especially when it comes to unbelievers, right? Um, they're not expecting anything when you pray. So if you pray for them and they're not healed, you haven't, you haven't changed their mind. They, they weren't expecting anything anyways. But if God does something, you will change their mind, right? So, so it's worth that risk. It's worth stepping out and just saying, I'm going to go for it um, because God may very well do something this time, right? So, yeah, Jesse. Everybody say hi, Jesse. <laughs> uh, I've prayed for people before and I had to lay hands on them to kind of see them, their lives better and be healed without actually physically touching them. Right. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So if you all hear that? Um, so he's prayed for people kind of from a distance before and seen, seen God do some things. Um, you know, we talk a lot about laying hands on people and praying for healing or praying for their situation. Is putting hands on people really necessary? Um, I would say it's not necessarily necessary. Um, I mean, Jesus didn't always put hands on people. Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he spit in their eye, right? <laughs> I mean, um, I think we need to be led by the Spirit. Um, I think there is something powerful, though. One of, the, one of the situations where Jesus was healing a leper, and it says he reached out and touched him and said, be clean. And that leper would have, however long they'd had leprosy, say 10 years, they would not have had human contact for 10 years, right? And that touch was as healing, probably, as the fact that they, he got set free from leprosy. And I think that that human connection, that touch, is sometimes really valuable in making a contact point between that person and, and heaven, right? But it's not necessary. It's not, it's not like God can only work one way. So, great question. We'll make this the last one because we got to... Pam? 
We've landed a lot in the area of healing. Yeah. But I know we're talking about all, all the spiritual gifts. Yeah. And I just, um, I know you're winding down and there's time pressure right now. So Jeez. I thought it might be what, worth. Excuse me. While, while she's talking, if the worship team can it, just be <laughs> making your way up here. Worth mentioning in response, even Jacques, to your question or a few questions is whenever we want to see God do more. Yeah. There is the formula in, in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Yeah. My people. Yeah. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn. So humility and repentance yes. is Thank the formula. You. We aren't given many formulas, yeah. but humility and repentance is always, 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 always going to make more room for God to move. Yeah. And um, so I just wanted to throw that in, but also yeah. wondering if it's appropriate for you to have an op anyone in the room who has questions or even in conversations you're having this week, questions come up. Yeah. Is there room either in a coffee break or a video update or part of next week's sermon or something? Please don't fall off the platform. <laughs> um, any opportunity for any kind of a follow-up for sure. questions that aren't getting asked right now because we're yeah. time. Yeah. No, that's good. So thank you. Yes, on the... Thank you, Pam. Um, humility and repentance, absolutely. Always the... The path of revival, the path of, of um, opening our lives up to more of what God has for us. Um, and yes, uh, so those of you who are on Facebook and follow Evangel on Facebook, um, there we have a something there uh, that you can access that is EB Bible Questions. You can always, anytime, use that to ask questions, and I'd be happy to, to, to give you a response. Um, yep, or me just message me personally. Email me, Facebook Messenger, whatever. Email me personally. Be happy to respond to your questions. I love doing that. Um, but yes, I, I would, if you want to send over the next few days, if you want to send me some questions, I would, I've already been thinking about and planning to to uh, reboot the pastor's coffee break uh, soon which is a Facebook live thing I did for a, a couple of years during COVID um, and so I would be I would be interested in if you want to send me some questions over the next few days then the first one that I do of those or the first couple I do of those I would I would take on some questions and, and talk about those. So 